Welcome to the first episode, first official episode of Isaiah Kid Podcast. Um, we're going to be discussing sports, the biggest sports topics in the world on a daily basis. Uh, I'm going to try to podcast for you guys three weeks, three to four days out of the week. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about NBA free agency, Durant and Kyrie going to Brooklyn, where does Kawhi end up? All the free agency frenzy, people making money, players making money. It's great. Um, but before I even start, I want to give you guys a quote. And I'm going to do this every week. Give you guys a quote to carry on throughout the week. Stay strong. All my slimes out there, stay strong. And this quote is a my favorite scripture from the Bible. And it's Corinthians 4.13. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And now we can get to the nitty gritty. Um, Durant, Kyrie, going to Brooklyn. I saw it as a business. I I saw it more as a business decision, but a good basketball decision also. Uh, a lot of it was a lot of rumblings around the league, throughout the league, throughout the regular season. Durant possibly leaving Golden State, Ball, Kyrie not being happy in Boston, and the two correlated. Um, I, I was on record saying that they were going to go try to, I thought the Knicks were going to have a shot at them, and they did. St- stories coming out, are now coming out with Durant wanting Kyrie to join the Knicks, and Kyrie wanting Durant to join the Nets. Then the injury changes everything, but... They 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 still end up in New York. Um, I don't know why people downgraded Brooklyn or try to degrade Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a great marketplace. It's a great marketplace for the, for stars, and with Barclays and Live Nation, along with the pieces that they have in Brooklyn, Kenny Atkinson, they got Joe Harris, Curtis LeVert, Jared Allen, Dick Spencer Dinwiddie. They got some good young core pieces in Brooklyn. Where you can build around Durant and Kyrie, along with DeAndre Jordan, along with DeAndre Jordan. Brooklyn was a six seed last year. They got to the playoffs. They 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 didn't struggle with Philadelphia, but they gave Philly a little bit of run of their run for their money. They weren't. I don't think they they weren't quite. They didn't have the size to compete with Embiid down low. But now you add DeAndre Jordan, but they didn't have the size. I, I, they could have won a game or two. They did win a game. I think they they could have won a game or two. They had more size. Philly was just obviously better. They were the better team, obviously. But they gave Philly a run for their money in the first round. And I only saw this team going up. I only saw this team going up from there. So you take an account with, Adding Kyrie, adding Durant, even though Durant's going to be out for a year. I, I think this team with Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan, I think this team is a not not a contender. Because I know many of you guys think that they're contenders already. They're not contenders. They're very interesting. They are not contenders. You're not going to win a championship with this roster right now with no Durant. But could they be a five seed in the East? Could they be a possible four seed in the East? Yeah, I can see it very well happening. I can see it very well happening. Them being a 4 or 5 seed in the Eastern Conference. We can talk about the East. 
because uh, depending on what Kawhi does, Kawhi is holding us hostage. But depending what Kawhi does, the East is wide open. Kawhi goes west, the East is wide open. I think if Kawhi goes west, I, I would have to have Philly as my favorite. The addition, the addition with Al Horford, I would have to have Philly as my favorite. But back to Brooklyn. Um, Brooklyn, Durant, Durant, uh, later yesterday, Steve Nave reported on Durant not having the best relationship with Steve Kerr. GM, um, Warriors Brass, upper management, he didn't have the best, he didn't have the best relationship. Durant wants out. We all know about the Draymond situations. That's well documented. Don't need to run down through that. And then Kyrie and the drama in Boston. Uh, the young core going out and partying. Then Brad Stevens, they feel it's that. Brad Stevens showing favoritisms toward Gordon Hayward. Even despite Gordon Hayward being obviously not the same player that Boston got a few years ago. That was Kyrie's issue with with Brad Stevens in Boston. But I always saw Kyrie as a flaky guy. He's one of those flaky guys. Don't really play don't really play well with others. You know, anytime you want to leave LeBron and LeBron, probably the greatest player of your gen, of our generation. Anytime you want to leave LeBron, it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, you you then you you so you leave LeBron. You get your trade. You go to Boston. Mind you, Boston has the best basketball history in league history with 17 titles. They got a great young coach in Brad Stevens. Many think that Brad Stevens is probably the best coach in the league. You can you can argue that. Then you take it on account with good upper man, good management with Danny Ainge. He acquires a lot of good players. Jason Tatum with the young core, Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier. You add Hayward to that. You had Horford. Boston had a great. Boston coming into this year was seen as a Eastern Conference favorite. With the young core, you pair them up with Tatum and Brown with Marcus Smart and Horford and Hay and Kyrie. That we we I, I I mean at least I did I saw that as a finals. Eastern Conference or Finals contender. I saw that. I saw them as that. I saw them as that. But if you look at Boston, Boston, they 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 acquired Kemba. That was a great. That was a great signing. Um, if you look at Kyrie and Kemba, their games are fairly similar. That's not. There's not much of a drop off, in my opinion. There's not much of a drop-off with Kyrie and Kimba. Both got great handles. Kyrie probably has the better handle. They're both good jump shooters. Small miniature guards who can finish also. I think Kimba might be a better leader. I think Kimba might be a better leader. Because Kimba wanted to stay in Charlotte. Kimba wanted to stay in Charlotte. Michael Jordan didn't offer him the max. The five year deal, I feel Kimba. If if I'm gonna stay in Charlotte, and where there's probably little to no chance that I can attract other stars to come play with me, 
At least give me the five-year max. At least give me the five-year max. They didn't even offer him the five-year max. So, he found, he kind of feel low ball, and I feel him. I feel him. I feel him, absolutely. If you're going to stay in Charlotte, you better get all the money you can. So, Boston offers him the max. Boston... They 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 had arrived as the front runners to land Kimba, once Kimba wasn't offered the five year max from the supermax from Charlotte. They 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 propelled to first first front runners. Kimba was sold. Kimba bought in. They got Kimba. I don't see much drop off from Boston. Boston was a second round. They got eliminated eliminated in the second round last year. They were a four seed. I think they can easily be. I think they could be a four seed in the East. I I think Toronto, if they can keep Kawhi, is a little better than is better than Boston. I think Philly, with their acquisitions, is better than Boston. Maybe I think Milwaukee is still better than Boston. So I look at that. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure. Brooklyn, Boston. That's that would be that would be a very inter- interesting matchup if those two landed at the four and the five in the first round. That would be an interesting matchup. Because I think those teams without with, without Brooklyn having Durant is a, those are two evenly matched teams. I think that would be a great playoff series. But that's, it, it's so many other moves that been that's been made throughout the Eastern Conference or players from the East that's going west now, like Bondanovich from Indiana signed with Utah. Utah has made some great moves in the off season. A lot of people like Utah. I like them. I like their five. With Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell. With Ingles and Bogdanovich. And then you have the two-time back-to-back defending defensive player of the year. And Rudy Gobert, who led the league in block shots. I think that's a great I think that's a great little five that they have in Utah. And the fact that Utah and their management was able to bring and attract players to come play in Utah, that's great on itself. That's great by itself, just alone right there. Decent players at that. Decent. But back to like back to the Eastern Conference, Philly made some great moves. Yeah, they lost Jimmy Butler. They lost, they lost J.J. Redick to the Pelicans. But they were able, they didn't, they technically, they were able to get something for Jimmy Butler. Did a sign, they completed a signing trade with Miami earlier this week. They were able to acquire Josh Richardson in exchange with Jimmy Butler. I think he adds some good some great bench depth that they need. They I think I, I feel as that they needed a wing, a more a much more productive wing at that, to come off the bench. He's a guy that can defend multiple positions. Can shoot the three ball here and there. I like him. I like the acquisition. And then you add Horford. That was that was great. That was a power move. They had to overpay. I I feel this that they had to overpay Tobias Harris in order for him to stay. But they had to do what they had to do. Tobias is a great player, nevertheless. I think he's a great player. But I'm not sure if I would have paid him five year, $180 million contract. But I get it. They had to overpay. And that's what you got to do. You got to overpay if you're Philly. They had to do that. They couldn't lose Jimmy Butler, J.J. Redick, and Tobias Harris. They couldn't lose both. They couldn't lose all three of them. 
and then you add Horford to the mix, to that front court with Embiid, and they lost Bonjanovic, the seven, the Monjo, the, the 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 tall, the t- Boban. They lost him, but you add Horford. Horford's a more offensive skill, big. He's a veteran. He's been deep in the playoffs. hasn't hasn't conquered that title yet, but he's been deep in the playoffs. He brings a lot of experience. I think he's going to bring a lot on the court and off the court experience and a lot of maturity to a young Philly team. A Philly team that a Philly team has that's been winning for the last few seasons, but they haven't they haven't some think they don't they haven't scratched their potential yet. I don't think so. I think if Kawhi goes west, I think they make the finals this year. I think they break through and make the finals this year. But some of that is going to be dependent on Ben Simmons having a jump shot and then how healthy is Joel Embiid going to be? How healthy is Joel Embiid going to be for the 76ers to go deep? Because is he, if he's not healthy, if he is not healthy, Philly is not going nowhere. Embiid is the best player in Philly. So I think it's important and critical that they, I don't know, during the regular season they do some, they do some um, low management on him. I don't know. But they have to, you have to, you, you have to do what, you got to do what you got to do. You have to do what you got to do. Milwaukee, I I think they they may have took a step back. They may have took a step back. I think Milwaukee may have took a step back with with um with losing with losing Brogdon. They had to re-sign Middleton to pair pair him back up with uh, Giannis. Giannis is going to be great. MVP of the year, uh, MVP of the league. And then you add Brooke Lopez to the to the bunch. Miritich went to Euro League in Spain, if I'm not mistaken. He so they lost him. They lost a couple guys, but they were able to retain they were able to retain Middleton, which I thought was important. Which I thought was very important for them. Um, Indiana, they always they always trying to look to make moves. They always trying to make the look moves. They had lost they lost Wesley Matthews, but they pick up Malcolm Brogdon from Milwaukee, and Wesley Matthews went to Milwaukee. Um, I know a lot of you guys are questioning the Miami move. I don't know if it's any Heat fans, but I know you guys are questioning the Miami move with Jimmy Butler in the signing trade and trading Kelly Olenek and Derek Jones and Josh Richardson and Hassan Whiteside. I get it though. I get what they're doing in Miami, and I was I, I was I was going to be very surprised if Miami didn't make somewhat of a splash this year in free agency or try to acquire somebody. I was gonna I was gonna be looking really I was gonna be looking really shocked if they didn't acquire somebody in the somebody in free agency this year. Pat Riley's been very quiet in the last few years in free agency. D 
they tried to go after Durant, but they really they I don't think I think they knew they didn't have a real shot at Durant when he first went to the Warriors. I don't think I don't think they had, I don't I, I think they knew they didn't have a shot at landing Durant. They didn't go after Paul George. They didn't try to go after LeBron. They didn't go after nobody. They didn't try to negotiate a trade with San Antonio to land Kawhi. They didn't do that. So, like, basically, ever since LeBron has left, Miami's been very quiet in free agency. So, I thought Pat it was about time that Pat Riley striked in free agency. And I don't think Jimmy Butler takes Miami to the next. I think I don't think he takes them to the next level. I think they're a borderline playoff team. I think they can get to the playoffs as a six, seven, eighth seed with just Jimmy Butler and Gordon Dragic. I mean, it's not a it's not a serious team. But could they get to the playoffs? Yeah. Can they win a round? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think Miami's able to win a round in the postseason. But I think. These moves were calculated and set up for next year's free agency to be able to attract another star to pair with Jimmy Butler. They cleared up cap space. Hassan Whiteside is on the tr- is, is in his contract year. He's going to be trying to prove himself in Portland. I think that was a I think that was a somewhat of a good acquisition. I got to see how it meshes in Portland, but I think it was a good acquisition. For Portland, they can move off him. They can see him as an asset. They can move off him right before the trade deadline during the season. If push comes to shove, if it's not working, or if his stock is very high and they just don't need him, they could they they could trade him away before the for the deadline. But I look at Miami and I'm just I was I was I was waiting on that. I was waiting on that move. Because at first they were talking about Jimmy Butler signing a trade with Houston. And I'm like, the Houston thing is not going to work out. Who are you going to move? Who's wor- like, who are you going to move? Who's worth it? You, you got to keep that core. You want to keep the core together. At, at least try to go back at it one more time. And then when I saw Miami get into the trade, the signing trade talks with Philly, I was like, okay. It's about time. Because I was waiting on it. I was going to be very critical of Pat Riley again this offseason if he didn't go after somebody. And I know Pat Riley is great, but he didn't, he hasn't went after nobody. He hasn't been able to attract nobody to come down to Miami and play. So it was only a matter of time that he did that and he got somebody. And he got Jimmy Butler. I think Jimmy Butler is going to have a good season in Miami. He's gonna be. He's gonna have his All Star season that he has. He's gonna be. He's gonna be playing two ways. He's gonna average his twenty three to twenty four points per game. I think Jimmy Butler's really good. Um, maybe they. I, I guess they deem him as the man. Whoever, whoever else they bring in next year, I don't. I gotta look at who our free agents. Anthony Davis is probably the most notable, but he's in L. A. So I don't. I don't see Anthony Davis leaving LA, the Lakers. I don't think I don't see him leaving the Lakers. So I th- I think Anthony Davis is the most notable free agent for next year. Kawhi might still be on the market if he does a one a one plus one with Toronto. Who knows? But I thought it was time for Miami to 
do something in free agency. On to the West. On to the Western Conference. A lot of big moves in the Western Conference. The biggest move has yet to come with Kawhi Leonard. If is he picking the Clippers? Is he picking the Lakers? Is he picking the Raptors? Is he going to return to the Raptors? The six. Um, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you guys a, 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 a educated guess right here. Um, I know I reported that multiple sources around basically Jalen Rose. Multiple sources are pointing towards Kawhi returning, but Kawhi's camp, Kawhi and his camp. It's really t- big on keeping quiet, and they didn't want no leaks. They told all three teams that they didn't want no leaks coming out of no team, out of either of the franchises, the Clippers, the Lakers, or the Raptors. So I can't imagine that one of these, or the Raptors, would want leaks. I can't imagine that being, I don't know how real that was. With the multiple sources of Jalen with Jalen Rose saying that that Kawhi is returning back to Toronto, they didn't want no leaks. So I don't know how legitimate that is, but I'm hearing also if Magic John. I also reported that if Magic Johnson was still the Lakers' president of operations, this deal would have been done, according to my sources. Chris Boussard. He said the Lakers, if the Lakers and Magic was still in play, he said he was still in a, in that seat with the Lakers. This Kawhi deal, this this Kawhi deal would be done and finished already. So I'm going to make a prediction. I think Kawhi is going to come to. I think it's going to be a Los Angeles Laker. Um, it's going to be loaded out in West, but if Kawhi joins the Lakers. Uh, name a better three better than AD, LeBron, and, and Kawhi. Name a better three. There's no better three. There's no better three in the West. I have those three. You pick your three. You can put any three together in the league. I, I have the best three. I think Kawhi goes to the Lakers. I First, I think Kawhi, he comes home. Kawhi's from Southern California. He grew up as a Laker fan. I think he comes home. It's tough. Multiple players have been on the record saying how different it is living and playing in Toronto and Canada. It's much more different. There's an there's an interview with Lou Williams explaining that how different it is. And Toronto's a great city. I heard Drake is cool. Masai Ujiri he does a great job in the front office. Toronto I. They do a great job there. But he's home in L.A. He's always wanted to be a Laker. Plus, he gets the four-year max. He plays with LeBron and A.D. When LeBron retires, he he pairs up with A.D. A.D. be 29. A.D. is still in his prime. A.D. is still in his prime. And that's the thing with the Clippers. That's why I didn't pick the Clippers. Because if you look at the Clippers and how their roster is constructed, they're the, they're the West Coast version of the Raptors. They got they they got they got some guys that can shoot it. They got guys that are two way guys that can also play. They got they got great front office management with Jerry West. Jerry West, 
is well known around the league. He's the logo. He put together that Warriors dynasty. He put together that Shaq and Kobe early 2000 dynasty with the Lakers. His stuff is well documented as far as managing and putting together teams and constructing rosters. It's well documented. You add that along with Doc Rivers and Steve Ballmer is willing to spend money. But who's the second star in L.A. with the Clippers? Who's the second star? Who's the second star? Lou Williams, uh, he's good. He's a, he's a great sixth man coming off the bench. He's probably the best sixth man in NBA history. But uh, Lou Williams is your second guy in the West? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Down the hall, just down the hall, you have the Lakers. Their second best player is Anthony Davis. I just don't know. Who is it? Patrick Beverly, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, those guys are they're, they're good. They're good roster pieces to have. They're good assets to have. They can play. Don't get me wrong, but are they really legitimate second options on a championship team? I don't know. Toronto, they they they're not in the luxury tax, but they got some expensive guys on their on, on in the books up there in Toronto. Marcus All makes twenty million. You got the PayPal Scott Siakam. You got you got Kyle Lowry on the books. He's their second option. Kyle Lowry, mm, he play he 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 plays well, but. Uh, he played well in the finals, but Kyle Lowry is a second option. Uh, I don't know. The East is stronger and improved. I don't know. And then New Balance. Kawhi, we all know Kawhi is under New Balance. New Balance wants Kawhi in LA. And then you have the whole Laker brand. The 16 titles. Magic. Worthy. Kobe. Shaq, Will, Jerry West, now LeBron, Kareem, the Lakers aura. It's big around the city. It's big around that city. That is always going to be a Laker town. And that's the difference between the Knicks and the Lakers. The Knicks haven't won nothing. Yet they haven't won nothing. They, they, Madison Square Garden is just the mecca of basketball. But the Knicks are horrible. Poorly ran, can't attract free agents, overpay for guys that are not worth it. The Lakers are totally different. Their history, 16 titles, Dr. Jim Buss attracting guys to come to play in L.A. L.A. is just different. That's why I had Kawhi joining. It's just different. Throughout the West, if Kawhi does join the Lakers, the Lakers are overwhelmingly the favorites. And it's not even a question. But if he stays and returns to Toronto, who's the best team in the West? I, and I asked this question, and I said, who's the, who do you guys think the best team in the West is? I saw some Portlands. I like what you, I, a lot of people said Portland. They like Portland with the addition of Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, they lost. They lost Seth Curry, 
They lost Cantor. But some of you guys say Portland. Not going to say you're wrong, but Portland, they have a nice little roster. They got to the conference finals last year against the Warriors. I think they lacked experience last year. If they had a little bit more experience, I think they won a couple games in that series. So a lot of you, some some of you guys say Portland. Mm, okay. You Westbrook fanboys, Russell Westbrook, OKC, Paul George. I think he's good. I think I, I think I think Westbrook is as 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 dynamic of a player that has ever lived and ever played in NBA. I'm willing to pay top dollar to go see him. But as far as winning is concerned, being able to curry your team or prepare your team over the top and win playoff series, Westbrook doesn't do that. Westbrook doesn't do that. And I'm calling him Westbrook because he has the lowest three-point field goal percentage in league history in the postseason. So that's why I'm calling him Westbrook. He ha- he must improve his jump shot. He stat pads. I hate to you know sound like this on Westbrook, but this just what it is. Paul George is clearly the best player on the Thunder, but that is this is OKC's guy. They 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 love him in OKC. They love him OKC. I don't blame them because he's been committed. Resigned even when Durant didn't resign and left. But as far as winning and him as a player, he don't do that. And I think we're watching Westbrook decline at our eyes. He had a great, he had, and you know, it's kind of hard to see it because the media blinds you with all of the the triple double talk. But those triple doubles, it it it. it Stats show, win show, standing show, that didn't win them a lot of games. You know what won them? You know what won the Thunder a lot of games? You know what got the Thunder to a top four seed at one point in time last year? It was Paul George's play. It was Paul George's play on both ends of the floor. Remember that stretch Paul George went on where he was he had thirty point games, forty point games. He was coming in at the clutch. He was finally hitting clutch shots. Paul George wasn't hitting cut shots before last year. He would he would miss a lot of he would miss all of his clutch cut shots. So clearly, Paul George is the best player on the Thunder, and he showed that last year. The Thunder go as he goes, not Westbrook, not Westbrook. It, they do not go how he go. The Thunder won games when Paul George exploded offensively and was dominant on defense, often often guarding and going against the opposing opposing team's best score. So I I know you Westbrook fanboy is going to be mad at me, but and and not not to just get on all on Westbrook and Paul George, but Billy Donovan, I got to look at Billy Donovan. Sam Presley does a good job with bringing in guys continuously, even when guys leave. Durant, Harden, even though Harden didn't leave, Harden got traded. Durant, Harden, Ibaka, uh, Victor Oladipo. 
he continuously find ways and find guys to plug in and, and, and make the Thunder relevant, keep them relevant. So good job to Sam Presti. But Billy Donovan, he has to become more creative offensively. Offensively, he is, his offensive sets, especially down the stretch of games, is horrible. I sit there and watch. I sit there and watch. It's horrible. It's, it's bad basketball. You're not going to win playoff series like that. So it's not all on Westbrook. It's not all on Westbrook. Just watch, when the thunder comes when the thunder come on or if you just watch a game just look at when the times and it's it's not very often because Westbrook has the ball in his hands a lot but look at the times when Westbrook passes the ball and he's off the ball look at what he does there's no player movement he doesn't cut he doesn't set screens he stands out right outside the three-point line and he can't shoot it he can't shoot it. He stands right outside the three-point line. That's the problem. And it's not all on him. Billy Donovan, as, as the coach, has to become much more creative with his offensive plays, with his offensive sets. I don't see no horn actions. I don't see none of that. I don't get, I don't get none of that. I don't get, I don't get none of that. With, when I see OKC and offense... Down the stretch. That's why they don't. That's that's it's, it's a, that's another reason why they don't win playoff series. Cause I don't see enough of that down the stretch. They're not creative enough. And their bench, they don't have enough bench depth. They don't have enough shooting. They're good defensively. Stephen Adams anchored the middle. Paul George on the wing. They got the um. The kid that went to the Mazda, he's from here. Jerry and Grant, he does a good job defensively. Roberson, Andre Roberson, he can't he can't shoot the ball to, he can't shoot the ball to save his life, but he can defend. They're good defensively, but they don't have enough scoring coming off the bench. The Thunder problems, they don't have enough scoring coming off the bench. They don't have enough shooting. And offensively. That Billy Donovan has to get much more creative. If the Thunder had some, if they had some offensive, some type of offensive explosion coming off the bench, and Billy Donovan was much more creative offensively, and Westbrook didn't shoot as much, the Thunder could easily be in the conference finals. But they can't, they, they they haven't made those moves. They haven't made those adjustments. So it's fine. So as far as the Thunder fans and where I think I see y'all, I think they're going to be still good. I think the Thunder, they're going to win their share of 45-plus games, maybe 50. But the, you got to remember, the West is loaded, and every night there's going to be a challenge. That's why I said 45 to 50. 40, they're going to be in that 47 to 52, 51 range. That's, that's, that's just about where I have them. On to Utah and Denver. A lot of people like Utah and Denver. I like I like their I like their management. I like the people that sit upstairs with, with both of these franchises. Both franchises do a good job drafting. Uh surprisingly, Utah get they they get players to sign. Decent players to sign. 
Who wants to go play in Utah? I wouldn't want to live in Utah. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the mountains. I I need a big city. I couldn't do it. I would I wouldn't be able to play in Utah. I wouldn't be able to do it. But they 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 have acquired Bogdanovich. They got they got Mike Conley via trade. And you add that with Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles, along with Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, back-to-back times, who led the league in blocks. I I, I like what they have. As far as Denver, I think um, they extended Jamal Murray. I like the kid. I, I like Jamal Murray coming out of Kentucky. I saw, I like them coming out of Kentucky. He I think he's made tremendous strides in transitioning his game and transforming his game from a combo guard to like a two to more into a point guard who's can who can lead the team, who can run the floor, who knows how to make the right decisions. He's still a little inconsistent, but he's young. But I saw I saw some Upside, I saw spurts in the playoffs that I like and that he can grow from. Jokic, I think Jokic, he, he, he might, to me, he comes off as a fat boy, but he's very skilled. He's very skilled. I like him. Is he a tier one star? Is he in that bracket with LeBron, AD, or maybe not AD, but AD could possibly be in that tier. But is he in that bracket with LeBron and Kawhi and KD and Stefano? Is he is is he in that same class? Does Jokic d- deserve to be in that same conversation? I don't know. I gotta see more from him. I gotta see more from him. But Denver has some. They have some good pieces surrounded him. They kept. They were able to keep Paul Millsap. Who's a leader on and off the floor? They got some. They got some young. Got some young talent. Young talented players who are fan favorite favorites. I know you guys like Bobo. I know you guys like Michael Porter Jr. They both have. They both had injuries in college, where their stock may have dropped. But these guys could have easily been lottery picks if they were healthy. Michael Porter Jr. was the first. He was the best player coming out of out of his class, coming out of high school. Got hurt and had back injuries, but I like Michael Porter Jr. and I like Bobo. Bobo had a he had a, a um a season ending injury at Oregon, but he was he was well on his way to, to to being a lottery pick. He was well on his way to being a lottery pick. So I look at the combination of that. I like what Denver has. I think they'll be really good again next year. I think Utah will be good next year. I think the teams that I have mentioned so far, the Lakers, Portland, OKC, Denver, and Utah, those are five teams that I think will make the playoffs. I think th- I think that's I think those are five locks. These other teams like Dallas and Minnesota and New Orleans maybe, I don't I think they're a little too young. But I know you guys like Zion. You love Lon- You guys love Lonzo. We could we can put them in the mix. They got a young. They got a nice little young core with JJ Redick. I mean, you add him with the young core. 
So I, I, I like I like what they have there. Dallas is good. I think I mentioned Dallas already. San Antonio, can you count can you really count San Antonio out? Can you really count them out? I don't know if you can really count them out. You got the Clippers. I didn't even mention the Warriors, but I got the Clippers. I it it, it just all depends what Kawhi does. If Kawhi signs with the Clippers, which I don't think is going to happen, but if he does if the, if he does this, hey, come out and say, "Hey, I'm signing with the Clippers." I think the Clippers are easily a top four team in the West. They're a top four team in the West if Kawhi signs. And then I don't know who would be the favorite. It would be a toss-up. But I think Kawhi signing with the Clippers, I think it would be, I think the Clippers would be a 51 team and they'd be looking to win a round or two in the postseason, even with the West being loaded. What you guys got to realize, these teams that are deep, in the playoffs, the game gets slower. It's more, it's more about the stars and the better players. And teams are only going to go but eight deep, maybe nine. Maybe some teams go nine. But usually, teams go eight deep. So that means three guys coming off the bench. It's a regular three guys that's coming off the bench. In the postseason. Teams usually go eight deep. So I get when people say, Oh, this team is so is so deep. They got they go eleven deep. It won't matter in the playoffs because you only go eight deep. Some teams may even go seven. Depending on how skinny their bench is. So all this about having deep benches, it don't mean much when you get to the playoffs. It mean it, barring injuries, but as far as it doesn't mean much because teams only go AD. But when I'm looking at the Clippers, I add the I add Kawhi, and then I add a combination of what I already got. They won 48 games last year. I add the combination what they got. The Clippers could very well be a, a, a they can be a conference favorite. I don't know if they're better than the Lakers with AD and LeBron. But I can't find a definitive favorite if Kawhi goes to the Clippers. And then with the Warriors, I know you guys were a little bit confused with the Warriors. And why did they make that trade with D'Angelo Russell? The signing trade, they moved Iggy, they lost the rank. I know you guys are a little bit confused. But... And I was, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I was a bit confused too when they made the trade at the, that during that night. I thought it was a, like a power move, I guess. We're like, hey, we lose one star, all star, we're gonna pick another one right back up. But I look at the move. You, let's just look at the move from two different perspectives. And these, these are very well positive. These are, these are very well possible. Scenarios that could happen. So, so I'm hearing Clay is scheduled to come back around All Star break. Maybe he's gonna try. They 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 they're, they're looking towards All Star break for Clay to come back healthy, ready to go. 
assuming that he's himself, D'Angelo Russell is seen as an asset. A lot of teams need point guards. D'Angelo Russell is an all-star caliber point guard. So, the Warriors may be looking to fulfill their needs. D'Angelo Russell could be playing well. But they may look to trade him before the trade deadline of next season. They may look you gotta look at you gotta look at D'Angelo Russell as an asset. You gotta look at D'Angelo Russell as an asset. They be, they may be looking to trade him to gain more pieces for their bench. To gain a couple shooters, to gain a couple a couple guys that could defend and give them something offensively. You have to look you gotta look at that. That's how I basically tried to analyze and break down the Warriors trading for D'Angelo Russell. Because with Bob Myers and Joe Lacob and Steve Kerr, these are not no dumb dudes. These are not no dumb dumb dudes. And these are dudes that's that's about the business. And yeah, people say the Warriors are done. And yeah, I don't think I don't think the Warriors are gonna get back to the finals. But the Warriors are not going to look at this year as a tank year, as a loss year. They're not going to look at it like that. They still look. They still see it. Bob Myers and Steve Kerr and stuff. They still. They still see this season as hey, we gonna we gonna still do what we got to do. Even without Durant, without Clay, we gonna still do what we got to do, and they're gonna make the best moves possible to do that. That's why I'm not so worried about the Warriors and when it, who they're going to build around and who they're going to pick up because Joe Laker, Bob Myers, those guys are smart. Those guys are smart. These are not no dumb news that we're talking about. These are not idiots like the Knicks front office. These are not idiots. These dudes are competent. They're more than competent, actually. So... I look and then D'Angelo Russell could play the two and Clay could play the three if they want to keep, if they decide to keep D'Angelo Russell. So just look at it from those two positive possible scenarios. Because that can very well happen. That can very well happen. So don't don't downplay this D'Angelo Russell move or don't look at it. Like, what are the Warriors doing? Because I did do that at first, but then I broke down some scenarios, and I'm like, well, maybe the move does make a little bit more sense. They probably want Steph playing off the ball a little bit more since Clay's not going to be off the ball. They want to take, they want to take some, they're going to, you're going to see a lot of low management from the Warriors. Just looking at the Warriors in this finals, and it just shows you once again, I'm sorry to say it, but it just shows you once again how great LeBron James is. LeBron James is. This dude go to he he went to eight straight finals. He balls out in the finals, and then he comes back the following season and does it all over again with a month or two break. <laughs> like that puts a lot in your body. That go, your body goes through a lot, and if you look at the wars, you look at Steph. You look at Clay, you look at Iggy, you look at Draymond. They went to five straight finals. LeBron went to eight straight. 
the Warriors are probably, they're probably like, we need a break. We don't need to go back to the finals. We need a break. They look tired. They look exhausted. They look, they look, the Warriors this year in the finals look a lot like the Heat in the last year of the Big Three era with Wade and LeBron and Bosh. Wade was often bending down over. He had a lot of weight on him. LeBron was a little bit overweight. overweight. That's, that Miami team just looked exhausted. That four straight finals took a lot out of them. And the five straight finals took a lot out of the Warriors. They looked mentally, they, they were mentally and physically tired. That's why you don't see three-peats like that. The last three-peat we got was with Shaq and Kobe. And Shaq was the most dominant player we have ever seen. The most dominant force in the league at the time. And Kobe was one of the, Kobe was the best wing player in that era. In that time. So, it just goes to show you how first, how great LeBron is. And how, how he take how well how good how good of a job he take care of his body. I don't know why more NBA players don't invest in their body, but some guys don't care. It's just a money grab. Not all the guys, but some guys just don't care. And then it just goes to show you how hard it is to three peat in sports. How hard it is. It's very difficult to three peat in sports. So, especially basketball. So, the Warriors, they needed a break. They needed a break. But, with me saying that, don't take them lightly. They are not going to tank. This is not a lost year for them. They're still going to go out and they're still going to go out and play. They're still going to go out and play. So, I look at the Warriors and their moves. They got they went out to Willie Cauley-Stein for some size. I like it. It's okay, I guess. They lost Iggy. He was on last year of his deal, too. He looked mentally, he looked physically out of it. He wasn't himself. The Warriors was just out of it. They were just, they were just done. Their bodies had broke down. And it's just so ironic because that's how the Warriors dynasty started. And their first playoff run, their first championship run with Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Steve Kerr, and Iguodala, and the crew, and Bogan, you know. They, ran, they had some breaks. They didn't have to face Mike Conley in that Memphis series. They didn't have to face... They, didn't, they, they ducked. They dodged a bullet with Houston in that, in that playoff series. They didn't have to go against... In the Western Conference Finals. They didn't have to go against Le, um, Kyrie and Kevin Love throughout the finals that first year that LeBron had came back into Cleveland. They didn't have to go through that. They, didn't, they, they, they were healthy... They were blessed to be healthy. The Warriors had got they have gone through the through multiple postseasons where they, they, they didn't face no injuries. And I guess it was just so coincidental how the dynasty ended. It, the dynasty ended with them having injuries. Durant going down. Clay going down. Iggy going down. 
Kavon Looney going down. They were able to they were able to retain Kavon Looney. Looney's not a great player. He's not the most skilled. He's not a star by any means. But Looney, he's a, he's the prototypical big that they need. Mobile can move his feet. He can finish at the rim. That's the prototypical big that the Warriors need. They don't need nobody that's going to be that that's that's very skilled. On they don't need that on the block. They don't need that. So they were able to retain him. I'm surprised that they did because I was looking at their financials and that was going to be tough, but they did. So don't 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 downplay the Warriors and that D'Angelo Russell move. Don't downplay it at all. They're still going to be good. They're still going to be good. So we're just here awaiting Kawhi's decision. Um, like I said, I reported yesterday, last late last night, that Kawhi and his camp, his team rep, his reps, they're gonna. It's gonna take them a few days. It's gonna be after the fourth. If you're looking for a a surprise decision from Kawhi on the fourth, it's not gonna happen because I'm hearing that it's gonna take a couple days. They're going to talk over it. Um, Toronto had their meeting already. The Lakers and Clippers had their meeting earlier this week. So, I also got some descriptives on how those meetings went. I'll give you that in the next segment. But, we're just waiting for Kawhi's decision. Where does teams go after this Kawhi decision? I think dominoes will start to fall once Kawhi make his decision. More dominoes. Guys like Danny Green with a sign. Um, I'm expecting the Lakers to have uh, went after Iguodala once they buy him out. And Corver. I'm expecting to do that. I'm expecting to see that. So we'll see where Kawhi lands. So welcome back. This is going to be my last segment. Um, I got some details, some basically some, some just some details on how these Kawhi meetings went with the Lakers and the Clippers. I'm not sure so about the Raptors yet. I be I update you guys with that when I get it or when I hear about it. Um, but so basically, um, early in the week, Kawhi and the Clippers they met at they had dinner. It was with Jerry West, Steve Ballmer, and Doc Rivers along with a couple assistants like Sam Cassell. And they basically chopped it up. The meeting went well. Um, the clip, it, the, those Clipper reports about how Kawhi is, they, they, he's off, they're off their, their radar and his radar. That's not true. Um, I'm, Doc, I'm hearing that Doc Rivers and them had a good pitch to Kawhi and that he enjoyed it. Um, so we gotta go just based off of that, but those, that, the two, the two Clippers and Kawhi, they had dinner, and I heard that it was good, um, Jerry West and the crew, they basically sold him on some things, um, I don't know, I think that meeting details would consist of how they're gonna try to attract the second star maybe next year. Or are they going to be able to do that next year? How does the roster look? The construction of the roster. It's well documented that Kawhi, 
he would he 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 likes he would love to have his personal trainer along with some other things and other gigs that well he would love to have on these franchises within these franchises. So I'm think I think all three franchises are willing to give it to him. And here's why I think the Raptors have the edge. They have an actual relationship with Kawhi. They have an actual relationship with Kawhi. They've been able to develop that through one year. And then, of course, the success of them winning the title. So Masai Ujiri has done a good job. And it was a good risk to take. High risk, high reward. Because he had fired Dwayne Casey. They had traded for Kawhi, who haven't played in a year. And they traded DeMar DeRozan. He, he was Toronto. So, it's just going to be very interesting to see. And the Lakers meeting was quite funny. Because they had, they all, the Lakers with LeBron had a separate dinner and meeting with Kawhi. Uh, Magic had a separate meeting and dinner with Kawhi. And I'm guessing Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka, they had their separate meeting with Kawhi. And basically, Kawhi's camp had set that up like that to make sure there's no dysfunction within the Lakers. And it's not as dysfunctional as people or as the media has made it to be. So, uh, with Kawhi, they they set up different meetings, separate meetings. Kawhi did that on purpose to see if all the stories... And all the pictures were aligned and how dysfunctional it really is. So I, I found that interesting and funny with them setting up different dinners within the Laker organization. They're just trying to break down and see how these pitches working, how they're gonna work, how they how they're gonna pan out. Do they all match up? Are they all saying the same thing? Are they saying different things? What what is what, what's going on? So I'm hearing that 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 those dinners and those pitches went well. Also, um, if the Lakers land Kawhi, I would just say be on the record. If you're a Lakers fan, you'll want to thank Magic Johnson and LeBron, the and via Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, because basically. All the reports that came out about the Lakers being ahead, that necessar- that wasn't necessarily true, but I think they do have a somewhat of an edge. Uh, I think Magic Johnson, Magic Johnson, and Kawhi's camp has been talking. It started with Kawhi's camp calling Magic Johnson while actually he was in church, and Magic saying that he had a missed couple calls. They talked it up. They chopped it up with each other, and basically, Magic basically gave them the ran- rundown. Or Kawhi's camp gave Magic the rundown of what Kawhi wants and what he's looking for. And Magic, I'm guessing he transferred that information to Genie, LeBron, and Bob Palenka. And they get the rundown so they won't screw it up. Or mainly Palenka and Genie Buss. So they won't screw it up. They got the rundown also of what Kawhi wants. So I'm, I'm looking at that. He's basically, uh, there's a report, Magic Johnson has basically like dispelled most of the dysfunction within the Lakers to Kawhi's camp. 
They said it doesn't that seem it doesn't seem as dysfunctional as it was or as the media made it out to be. But like I told you guys earlier, this Kawhi I'm here I'm hearing that this Kawhi deal would be already completed if the if Magic Johnson was the Lakers president of operations. So Magic knows something that we don't. Magic is very close to these players. He has a great relationship to these players. And Kawhi is just an example of that. So um, I, I haven't got any further details on the, the Raptors meeting, but I'm sure it went well and it went something like we got we want a title together. Masai Ujiri does a great job of putting pieces together. We can keep you and we can run, make a run back at it again. And then we try to restructure the roster next year. Uh, it just all it's just all depending on what Kawhi wants. But like I told you guys, I think he's gonna be a Laker. I think the relationship he has with Magic Johnson, um, them, them, Magic Johnson, the Lakers answering these questions and basically dispelling some of the dysfunction that the media brought out on the Lakers and went public with, he's kind of terminated that and turned it around. And now there's a there's a sense where there's it's not as dysfunctional as people made it out to be or the media made it out to be. I'm here with Kawhi. So I think that, that so the Laker meeting went well. I don't know how the Pel- the, the Raptors meeting went well, but I can I can only imagine that that went well also. And Kawhi's gonna have a few to sit. He's gonna have a take a few. It's gonna take him a few days to make the decision. But like I told you guys, I think he's gonna be a Laker. I gave you those reasons already. I think he's gonna be a Laker. I don't want to wrap y'all up too much. Um, thank you guys for watching and lit for listening. This is my first episode. It's only gonna get better. We're only gonna go up. That's the only way to go. Um, so thank you for all your support, listening ears, your li- listeners, all the all the adults, all the teenage kids, all the athletes. We're gonna do some interviews. We got a lot coming up. Um, I'm not going to be partying next week. I'm going to be out of town on vacation. So I'm not going to be partying next week. But we'll be back the following week, better than ever, ready to go. Hopefully we got some football news. I know some of y'all can't wait for the NFL to start. The NFL is right around the corner. But we got to complete NBA free agency first. So uh, just be on the lookout. Follow me on IG. At uh, Isaiah at Isaiah Kid Podcast, no spaces, no caps, just Isaiah Kid Podcast. I S A I A H K I T T Podcast at Isaiah Kid Podcast. Follow me. Look out for updates and reports. We, we're we're gonna have them right on time. And be on the lookout for where Kawhi goes. Thank y'all. Have us in our prayers. In your prayers. <laughs>